hello everyone, and welcome to T-Box Chatter. I'm your host, Alex Toth. Be sure to visit my website, www.untilthenexttea.blog, the home of organic golf reviews, for golf equipment reviews, golf press releases from throughout the industry, and a whole bunch more editorials, you name it. So just prior to coming on to record this episode of T-Box Chatter, there was some breaking news from the PGA Tour. That news was the introduction of something called the Player Impact Program, or PIP. This program is designed to be a prize pool, which is exactly what it is, of up to $40 million with a winner getting $8 million of it. So the question of, of the day is, how is the money dispersed? How do they determine a winner? Well, it's quite conceivable that someone like Tiger Woods could win a boatload of cash that ultimately stems from what is sort of a popularity contest. And that's without even swinging on a golf club. But the reality is there is going to have to be some playing a golf here to, to win this prize or to accumulate points because how are they going to disperse this money? How are they going to give out points for this pip? Unfortunately, we don't have Gladys Knight here and all of her pips, but uh, I digress. So in looking at this news and the breakdown of how they're going to give out points. There's a whole bunch of criteria involved here. The first part of it is that they're going to award points for a player's position on the FedEx Cup points list. The, you know, the season-ending list that determines who goes to the Tour Championship, so on and so forth. The second criteria is their popularity in Google search. So, cue the popularity contest. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Google search. Right now, you already gotta know, or at least you have to have that strong sensation that Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth with his bounce back, Dustin Johnson probably. You know, the, the list isn't gonna be surprising of who comes out on top with this money. And again, I sort of kind of scoff and laugh at this whole premise because it's, oh, it's ridiculous. I, I just think it's, uh, I, don't, I, I don't even know. It just shows that uh, there is a lot of money there to be made and spent and spent stupidly. Now that said, would I frown upon being a part of that prize pool? Of course not. So call me hypocrite, call me what you will. The next criteria is their Nielsen brand exposure rating, which places a value on the exposure a player delivers to sponsors through the minutes they are featured on podcasts. So say we see Cameron Smith, for example, and he's getting a lot of a lot of TV time. He's showing off that, that mullet. He's showing off that tideless flat brim cap and that big, Pete the Penguin from Original Penguin's 
branding, which is of course an apparel company that he wears, stuff like that is going to earn you points. Their Q rating, which measures the familiarity and appeal of a player's brand. So again, we're getting into popularity. That's the key word here that's being driven. Popular, uh, popularity, popular, all that kind of stuff. Their MVP index rating, which calibrates the value of the engagement a player drives across social and digital channels. And then lastly, their meltwater mentions or the frequency with which a player generates coverage across a range of media platforms. I mean, it's just a popularity contest. Ultimately, the only golf merit here is the fact that A, they would be on television, and B, you know, they have to play golf and, and be the top whatever on, on the FedEx points list. I don't know if it's going to be the first 75 slots or the first 100 slots or whoever whoever gets gets that, but uh, oh my god, this is crazy. But anyways, we're going to flip the page, so to speak. It's a new week, and we have new events on tour this week. Or not new events, but uh, it's a new week for golf. Uh, for example, on the LPGA, we have the Hugel Air Premier LA Open which is being played out in California. It's, of course, the LA Open. We have the Zurich Classic being played at TPC Louisiana, which is, of course, the team event. So it's going to be a pretty fun week in, in those two regards, um, especially the Zurich Classic. I really feel that this is an event that really shouldn't get a lot of points towards going into major championships and, and stuff, but... You know, who am I to say? But uh, I actually want to talk a little bit about last week's events. It was pretty big, you know. Uh, I mean, first of all, what can you say about a 47-year-old winning on the PGA Tour? It hasn't happened very often. You know, guys this close to 50. And here's Stuart Sink and his son, who won the RBC Heritage. His son is the caddy, and I watched some of the exchanges. I mean, you can tell they're having a great time out there. They're loving it. But some of the calculations that they came up with for hitting into uh, hitting approaches into the greens seem just so ridiculous. Uh, but uh, apparently it works because this is second victory of the season. He cruised to a total score of 19 under. So ultimately, with that victory, the former Open champion, and many people are still upset with him for beating Tom Watson in that Open championship, he climbed the, the uh, world rankings, so the Rolex official golf world rankings, from 115th to 44th place. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Just think, if there was a WGC event on this week, he'd be in the field. So, Stuart Sink, I mean, your game's been impressive this year. You're swinging the club well. I've always liked your tempo. But what's more impressive is that darn tan line. Man, oh man, that tan line is a thing of beauty. Mwah. I, I applaud the, the, the tan line. Admittedly, that's something of yours that I do not want. 
Meanwhile, over on the LPGA, we had a winner return to the winner's circle, or a past winner return. And in a way that's very similar to the Jordan Spieth story, Lydia Ko was the winner of the Latte Championship. Her 28 underscore was the third lowest in LPGA history, and it was her first win in 1,084 days. I mean, just crazy. It's good to see Lydia Ko back too because it just felt like she sort of kind of disappeared after, you know, she dropped Ledbetter, she left Callaway and joined PXG. It was just like she sort of lost her way a little bit there. But she's put in a lot of hard work with Coach Sean Foley and voila, here's a victory for her. I mean, much like Jordan Spieth, you could see her really training the right way. Her game was going to see a victory sooner before later just by looking at her her Sunday round at the first major of the ANA Inspiration. I mean, it's great to see Lydia back and my oh my, has she ever grown? I mean, I'm so used to looking at what a 14 year old, 15 year old Lydia Ko and uh, boy oh boy, you know, she's a, a young woman and congratulations Lydia, well done, welcome back. I mean, welcome back is a real thing this year. It's a real, real thing. So getting to the main story or main reason for today's podcast, I live in Ontario, Canada. And did you know that if you were to open up a map right now of North America, and it showed you a list of where golf is allowed to be played or driving ranges are allowed to be open, it would show you where those places are. Ironically enough, in Ontario, you cannot play golf, you cannot go to a driving range, shit, you can't even go to a, a, a boat ramp, you can't go fishing, you can't do anything, because this past Friday, we were put into a lockdown. We started out the year being allowed to go golfing and just like that, nope, no more golf. And as a matter of fact, even the playgrounds themselves were shut down to the kids. And this was something a year ago that we went through and I felt sick to my stomach for the kids. You know, playgrounds are an important part of their development, socializing, getting outdoors, being immersed in physical activity. And here we are a year later, a year removed from COVID-19, but we can't really say removed, especially here in Ontario where the vaccine rollout has been so shoddy and so crappy that it's hard to even conceive. Last year, when golf was not allowed to be played early on, in the early stages of the pandemic, our season last year did not start till May 16th. And that was a bold prediction by me back in February, March, that it was gonna go down that way. That golf would not be allowed till Victoria Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend for my American friends. So finally we come out of lockdown, we're able to play golf. It was decided by the powers that be, people that are apparently much smarter than I that golf was safe to play. 
with a whole bunch of protocols. We all know what they are. Not touching the pin, leaving the pin in, uh, filled cups so that your ball didn't go down into the bottom. If you weren't from the same household, you couldn't share a cart. You know, all those sort of kind of protocols were in place. And early on, of course, this is before face masks were even mandated. You had to wear them, whether you were inside or around other people. You know, you're still maintaining your six feet. Now, when we opened last year, I called the fact that it would be inevitable that you would have the occasional meathead or yahoo out there that would ignore the protocols that people would remove the pin, that people would engage in physical contact. And yeah, it was something that I saw. My very first shift, as a matter of fact. I saw bro hugs on the 18th green, um, you name it, I saw it. Everything that I said that was gonna happen, happened. And if you know anything about me, you'll also know that after eight days of that nonsense, that utter bullshit, I resigned my position. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just didn't feel safe in my work environment. Remember, this is pre-mask. I got coughed on a couple of times, got hit in the face by saliva, and yeah, it was, it was real pleasant. But all that said, I would end up playing a fair amount of golf last year. And out of all the rounds of golf that I played, I only saw two flagrant violations of protocols. And ironically enough, this came from a gentleman in the same group that I was playing in, twice removing the flag from the hole or the pin from the, from the cup. Something that I had to talk to them about. I mean, twice? Come on. I mean, all it would take would, would have been one bylaw officer being out on that golf course for a pop-in inspection, and golf would have been taken away unceremoniously from all of us. But the year went on. We played golf. Crap, a lot of us were able to even play into November, December, especially here in Ontario. So this season, after uh, our winter here, at least in Southern Ontario or Niagara specifically, was pretty easy. It wasn't a horrible winter by any means. Yeah, we had some snow, but for the most part, it was a pretty easy winter in comparison to what we've had, say, 20 years ago. I mean, it, it was easy. I mean, I was even out for walks with my pup. I was hitting golf balls on grass at a closed down golf course just down the street from me. And I did that right up until the PGA Virtual Show this year. And then after that, we got our snow and I was unable to play or strike balls. And I wasn't really playing. I was just going out there, dropping balls in rough and having a whack here, having a whack there, just some sort of repetition, some sort of muscle memory. And then this year came Spring came, the birds started chirping, the sun was shining, it was warm, it was beautiful. I mean, we already had some 70 degree Fahrenheit days here, or 23 Celsius, if you're from Europe. And all of a sudden, 
this past Friday comes. I had a feeling that it was going to happen because the numbers here in Ontario for COVID has escalated dramatically. This is by far the worst that we've been hit in Ontario. I mean, and, and once you get away from the big centers like the GTA or Toronto and the nation's capital area, which is Ottawa, you know, the, the population is sort of kind of scattered from there. I live in, the, in Niagara. It's part of what's called the Gordon Horseshoe. And with us having highways, we're very much close to a big center like Hamilton, like Toronto. So all of a sudden, we're only an hour and a half away from people coming down here and transporting this virus and passing it on and doing whatever. And more can be the same about Ottawa too and its, it's area around there. So basically what we have is spike numbers, a lot of it having to do with two main areas and what was allowed back on April 5th by April, what, 18th, I think it was, golf was taken away from us. Golf courses, driving ranges. Everyone that works in that industry had money taken away from them. There's bills to pay. And it is just so unfair that golf was taken away. I mean, it's more than golf. Like I said, playgrounds were taken away again too, but they got them back. That, that decision was rescinded, which was smart. But we're talking no golf. We're talking no fishing allowed. We're talking no boating, nothing. I can tell you that out on Lake Ontario, when there's no boats around me, I can guarantee you I'm socially distanced, much like I am on the golf course. From day one of this thing, I mind my P's and Q's. I know millions of golfers in North America, around the world, have done what was expected of them. They follow the protocols in place. Yes, there are anomalies. Yes, there are outliers of those meatheads who, oh, it's, it's fake. You know what, whether you believe in this goddamn thing or whether you don't is not the point. The reality is there's a virus that's killed a lot of people. It's made a lot of people sick. It's taken away a lot of things from us, family members, loved ones, pastimes exercise. It's done a lot. It's impacted the whole planet practically. And even though I realize that golf in the grand scheme of things and, and the grand scheme of life is a small thing, to some it's a big thing. It's a livelihood. No, I'm not talking about the guys on PGA Tour, Corn Ferry, ladies on the LPGA, guys playing on mini tours like the Great Lakes Tour here in Ontario and so on down the line. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the grunts, 
the ones who work to make that course open that makes it available for you, the golfer, to go and enjoy a day. It's taking the money out of their pockets. And here's the best part. No paid sick days with this new lockdown. So people that started the year working at a golf course or a driving range, like Sam out at Niagara Golf and Batting Cages, for example, all of a sudden that revenue is gone. There is no revenue. She's not paying her bills now. And this freaking sucks. It is totally unnecessary. All 2020 did, from a golf standpoint, was prove that it can be played safely, smartly, responsibly, without spreading COVID-19. That's what it did. So all this stuff was in place. We know how to handle it. You had a full season of it if you're a golf course operator. And all of a sudden, it's not good. It's not okay. It's not kosher to go and play golf anymore. It's freaking stupid. It's stupid. And you know what? I really don't get too emotional about things. But this has me really freaking bent out of shape. Last year, I admit, I didn't think it... We were ready to open when we opened. I thought it was a little too rushed. But you know what? In the end, it worked out pretty freaking good. It worked out well. And I mean, I was one of those people last year that depended on, on making that money, getting enough hours in, which is 550 hours, to be able to collect unemployment insurance, or sorry, employment insurance during the off season. So not only did it potentially take away revenue to pay the bills in May and June and April, it also took away the opportunity for many golfers, or sorry, not golfers, well, they golf too, but individuals that work in the golf industry from making money during the off season as well. So why was it good last year? Why was it fine? And now all of a sudden in 2021, when vaccines are rolling out and there's actually a vaccine that people are getting, golf is no longer allowed. It doesn't make sense. And this burns my ass. It really burns my ass. You know, I don't try to, I don't, I, I do my best to not get political. And I do my very best to keep an even keel. And Yet here I am using this platform and I apologize. I'm using this platform to get a lot of frustration off my chest. I just don't get it. What am I missing? Yeah, I, I know it might lessen the amount of people that come in contact with one another on any given day by not letting them go fishing or, or, or whatever, you know, going golfing boating but yet we can go and I mean actually I gotta back back step this with this lockdown too this time while grocery stores and places like Walmart are open certain aisles are closed down you can't buy clothes right now just as an example I tried to buy from a dollar store one pair of ankle socks and one pair of underwear and I was told that I had to put them back I couldn't buy them we're talking underwear. 
I'm not talking a fur jacket, I'm talking underwear. I couldn't buy underwear. That's where we're at in the province of Ontario and with COVID-19 and restrictions and, and, and stuff. I'm really hoping in my heart of hearts that this thing doesn't last until May 20th. I won't be surprised if it does because May 20th is an important weekend. It's the unofficial opening of summertime and it's a big money-making time for gas stations, restaurants, you name it. That's the weekend where so much money is made at liquor stores. Everything, every industry makes money practically. I said last year it would be around Victoria Day weekend that we'd be able to golf in Ontario. And it's going to be that again, I'm afraid. Again, I hope that someone gets a hold of Premier Doug Ford. And I know, just sort of kind of shakes him a little bit. Just shakes him, gets him to wake up and he allows a little bit of golf. And for those that are in Ontario listening to me right now, if that does happen where we're allowed to play, do your part, do it smart, because as we've seen, he who giveth can taketh away. So that's it for Tea Box Chatter for this week. This is Alex. Thank you for joining me. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you on the next tea.